Hey guys, now before I start this episode of 125 Unfiltered, I want to announce that I now have intro and outro music for the podcast, so hopefully you guys enjoy that. It'll be in it for every episode from here on out, but I want to give a special thanks to good friend from UNC Chapel Hill, Max Masiello, for helping me make this music. It sounds really good. Again, I hope you guys enjoy, and I'll give him his credits in the description of every episode. His Instagram will be down there, so if you want to go check him out, you can go do so, but here's the intro. How's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 45. I know I said that yesterday was probably going to be my last episode, but here we are. I found some time, and I want to record an episode because I have to give my thoughts on that Utah Jazz game last night. What a blunder. What a collapse by the Jazz, and what a comeback by the Clippers. Now, let me just tell a quick story about this game. I'm going to hop straight into the game. I'm not going to waste any time. I watched till halftime, Jazz are up 22. Jordan Clarkson, 21 points in the second quarter. Mitchell is 22 at halftime. They're lighting up the Clippers. I'm thinking, all right, this is going to seven. I go call a friend. That lasts for a good amount of the third quarter, almost the entire third quarter. And I go back to the game, and the Clippers are down three. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? So I went back. I had to rewatch some of the third quarter. And, I mean, I've noticed, I noticed some big things in that third quarter that led to this Clipper comeback. But regardless, I'll get into that into my when I get into my analysis. But the Clippers were down 25 and led by Terrence. Man, 48th pick uh, in of the draft two, a year ago. Second year player, kind of replacing Kawhi in that starting lineup. And man, man had a night. No pun intended. He had, again, 39 points, 15 of 21 shooting from the field. He had seven three-pointers, seven of 10. And then Reggie Jackson, 27 points, 10 of 16 shooting. Paul George had 28, 9, and 7, 10 of 24 shooting. This Clipper team, I don't know what got into them because they didn't have Kawhi for two games and they came back on the Jazz twice. What an an absolutely insane game. I did not see this coming, especially with the Jazz up 25 at one point. Mitchell hit a three from the logo to go up 75 to 50. And from that point, I think Utah, or not Utah, I think the Clippers went on a 40-12 to run. And then in the fourth quarter, they were hitting everything. I think they shot 71% from the field in the second half or something crazy like that. Utah couldn't get a stop defensively. And the Clippers pulled away. I mean, daggers by Patrick Beverly. I have not seen anything anything like it. It might have been crazier than the Sixers comeback because at least with the Sixers, you could point out uh, a few players for why uh, Atlanta kind of came back and how they collapsed. And then you got Ben Simmons missing free throws. And we'll get into him later because I got some more to, uh, more on the Sixers series. But with this, yes, Utah had their collapses. And I'm going to get into that. But the Clippers just scored and scored 81 points in the second half. They made the offensive adjustments ever since they were down 2-0 to exploit this Jazz defense. And it was it was amazing to see. I was rooting for Utah. Again, I, I was pulling for Utah this entire postseason. I was so high on them. I thought this was their chance. They have a squad to contend. And for four games straight, two without Kawhi, 
they couldn't get it done. And the Clippers are moving on to their first Western Conference Finals in NBA history. 50-year drought has been broken. Now here's why, in my opinion, how the Clippers came back. And this has been a problem the entire series. Rudy Gobert is the Defensive Player of the Year of this year. Three times uh, he has won that award. What is he good at, though? He's a rim protector. He's a beast in the paint. He is a... When he's going up against another center, he is so good defensively. Out on the perimeter, he's that's not his comfort zone. That's not where he excels on the defensive end of the floor. So what did Ty Lue do to exploit that? He went five wide. He put five shooters on the floor. He took Zubach out of the starting lineup, gave him like five minutes a game pretty much. And I think he made that adjustment for game two and three. It might have been game three because that's when they started winning. I can't remember. But they spread the floor and they made Rudy Gobert a perimeter defender. They were setting screens to get Gobert on a Reggie Jackson or a Paul George. They were making, I mean, their ball movement was spectacular. And it just seemed like, especially last night, every single three-pointer that was made, Rudy Gobert was the closest defender. Those corner threes... That was Gobert. That was his responsibility, but he's not fast enough to move from baseline to baseline because he's so used to protecting the paint. And even when he was trying to protect the paint, Reggie Jackson was still scoring on him. I mean, Tim Legler really nailed it last night. He has never looked more lost in a half of basketball defensively than, than last night. But my big problem isn't with, isn't with Gobert. Well, actually, no, it is with Gobert because he couldn't defend those spots, but that's not his job. My problem is with Quinn Snyder. You were up 25 in the third. Terrence Mann had 20 points in the third quarter. Terrence Mann, and I, I really like Terrence Mann as a player. He's great, and he was fantastic last night. But talk about a dude coming out of nowhere. He went on, when he gets to... When he starts scoring a little bit, when the Clippers start making threes, you have to make an adjustment. And this is my biggest problem with Utah. The entire series, they made no adjustments whatsoever on the offensive or defensive end. Offensively, Donovan Mitchell was getting trapped a lot. Patrick Beverly was hounding him. He had a fantastic series. And you couldn't adjust because, one, you don't have the secondary ball handler when Clarkson was off the floor because he is, I mean, great second quarter, but he's so inconsistent and Conley was injured so you don't have another guy to take their responsibility away from Mitchell and you don't necessarily have the shot creator like Conley which is a huge injury for Utah uh to to really get around um the the trap and Gobert wasn't a presence inside because that's not he's not a big scorer offensively he doesn't really have the post move to go to so that was a big problem offensively but defensively in my opinion and I thought this in game five and i thought in game six and so many people said it last night on uh during the game stan van gundy said it tim legler said it on espn rudy gobert he should have been subbed out snyder had to have taken him out of this game and here's why because if you go with gobert they Ty Lu, his adjustment was to attack gobert on the perimeter those corner threes they knew Gobert was there. That was his responsibility. 
and they had to they wanted to put him in that weird position every single time these three pointers by man by beverly by batum were uncontested shots because gobert one isn't fast enough to contest and two that's not what he does that was a massive problem for utah and the fact that they never ever adjusted even when i got within 15 or 10 or 5 you i know you want to stick to your guns but there comes a point in time you gotta try something different you're six games into the series and you can't adapt at all clippers were 14 of 19 from three that is absurd and in my opinion at least half of those go bear was the closest defender or he was the primary defender what they should have done, in my opinion, they should have taken Gobert out, put in Ingles, and rock with your six perimeter players. Whether that, you obviously you want to have Mitchell, but it's so, for example, you go with Mitchell, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, Ingles, and then a Mike Conley or Clarkson. Mike Conley wasn't really playing well last night. I don't know how much the injury really affected him, but he wasn't himself, so you probably go with Clarkson there. You've got five guys. You want to fight fire with fire because at the end of the day, Rudy Gobert was getting bullied last night everywhere on the floor. He got dunked on again, and Ty Lue exploited their defense, and Snyder did nothing to adjust to it, and that's the main reason why the Clippers came back. You don't come back from 25 down un unless you find a massive flaw in the other team's defense and that's exactly what happened because again if you go small yes you're on the perimeter defense was really bad last night but at least you forced them to take some twos they got back into the game with threes on threes on threes and i've never seen a barrage like it i mean it, it, it was insane and then in the fourth quarter they just kept hitting shots I mean, Patrick Beverly, again, two daggers. Batum uh, hit a three to tie it at 94. He had another one to extend it to 10. Reggie Jackson, his ISO game is so strong. He has really shown out in these playoffs. But the, Snyder had to have gone small, in my opinion. He ha he needed to go small. Or you want to run – do you want to run a janky zone? We've se I mean, we saw the Clippers rattle the Jazz in game two when they went zone. I just I think this series loss really goes on Quinn Snyder because Ty Lue outcoached him. He should have taken Gobert out because you needed to defend the three better. And it's not like Gobert was making you pay on the offensive end uh, anyways. It'll be interesting to see how Phoenix handles this situation with DeAndre Ayton because you best believe the Clippers are going to continue playing with the small ball lineup because they have something going. And... You know, I feel horrible for Donovan Mitchell because he, he was playing on one leg, had a hurt ankle, gave it his all, had 39 or 37 last night. I feel bad for Mike Conley because I think this Utah team, if healthy, would have beaten the Clippers. But they didn't have Kawhi, so you can't really use that injury excuse. They just got outplayed. 50-50 balls, Clippers were winning them. Those hustle plays by a man, by Beverly, um... I mean, they equate to more second-chance points. And it was one of the craziest second halves of basketball I have seen in a while because I have never seen a team call, like shoot that well like the Clippers did, but also a defensive collapse by Utah. So I I'm stunned by the, by, by the loss. And before I move on to the Sixers series, I, I, want, I want to give the credit to Ty Lue. 
because every coach that's been with LeBron gets discredited because LeBron is the quote-unquote actual coach. But Ty Lue has proven in these playoffs that he's a really good coach. You're down 0-2 against the Mavericks. What do you do? You make some defensive adjustments. Yes, Luka goes off, but you try to stop the other guys, and it works. You're down 2-0 against Utah. What do you do? You go small and absolutely destroy the, the Jazz on the offensive end with, the, with in really good ball movement and then getting pretty much wide-open shots, but then also trapping Donovan Mitchell and really making him work for his points because you knew that he was going to get his own and you ha- tried to make the other guys beat you. And they did for a little bit. But it was just not a sustainable way to win a game. And, and Ty Lue, again, did a fantastic job. And he's going to have a coaching battle against Monty Williams. That, this is going to be a great series. Even with or without Kawhi, the Clippers, you cannot write them off. So that's what I've got for the Utah series. I just really wanted to elaborate on that because I, I was uh, seeing some Instagram posts. Uh, people uh, people on Twitter blaming uh, Gobert or Snyder or Conley or or Royce O'Neal or whoever um, for for the lack of perimeter defense. But at the end of the day, this Utah team had a good run in the regular season. This is a team, in my opinion, that you can run it back with. But Quinn Snyder, in my opinion, should be on the hot seat because the in the playoffs. The team that makes the right adjustments normally wins. T- uh, two or three years ago, um, Quinn, uh, Nick Nurse. We were down 2-0 against Milwaukee. And obviously you put Kawhi on Giannis, but there was a big emphasis to slow him down in transition to make it a half-court game, make the other players beat you. And Nick Nurse made the right adjustments in that series to win four straight. Tyloo did the same thing, and just like with Milwaukee and Utah, Budenholzer and Snyder in those series did not make the proper adjustments. Or they just didn't make any adjustments at all. I think Utah could definitely get a, uh, another ball handler, uh, especially if Conley doesn't come back. I think he's an unrestricted free agent. Not sure he might try to get one more big contract because he is getting up there in age. But I think you do need to have a... I think you do need to have another guard to help out Mitchell. Who knows who could be available on the trade deadline. Free agency is coming up, obviously. But this team this team is going to be fine. I think with the right adjustments this series and a little bit more luck because obviously you had the injuries. Uh, this, this is a team that can contend. I like how this team is constructed. And the Clippers move on. But with that being said, let's go to the Hawks and the Sixers series. Haven't watched this one as much, but watched a little bit last night. I think uh, I picked the Hawks to win this game. Actually, Sixers got it done. Tobias Harris had 24. Seth Curry had 24. Joel Embiid had 22. Uh, Harris showed up. I think that's huge. They need his scoring, uh, especially with Embiid kind of being hobbled. Seth Curry has had a monstrous last two games. If he shoots like this in Game 7, they could definitely get this job done back home in Philly for Game 7. Trey Young, 34 points, but it took him 30 uh, shots to get there. I just don't... I, I, I kind of jumped the gun on picking the Hawks last game. And I don't know who I'm going to pick this game because I just don't know if I believe in Trey Young's supporting cast as much. John Collins had a rough game. Uh, Bogdanovich got hurt. Lou Williams didn't score last night. It's just, 
especially with Philly at home, I think it's going to be hard for the Hawks to win this one. So I hate to switch back to uh, switch back on a pick, but I think Philly's probably going to win game seven. Now, with that being said, Ben Simmons has to play better. Six points, two of six from the field, five fouls, played 25 minutes. I don't know what else to say about this guy. They had to take him out in late-game situations because they know that Ben Simmons would be fouled. And if he's such a good defender, how is Trey Young getting his own? How is he getting 34 and 12? The numbers he has put up are, are insane. Ben Simmons isn't going to change, guys, this postseason. This is just how he's going to perform. This is who he is as a player. He has that massive flaw in his, in his offensive game that does not allow him to, quote-unquote, take over games. So, Philly has to rely on a Tobias Harris, a Seth Curry. Tyrese Maxey was huge off the bench last night. 16 points in 29 minutes, 5 of 12 in the field. Love Tyrese Maxey's game. I think he's going to be huge for the Sixers uh, in Game 7 and the rest of their run if they win their next game. But it's just a huge problem. If Philly loses this game, in my opinion, they need to highly consider trading Ben Simmons. If they don't make it to the Finals... I think they need to highly consider trading Ben Simmons. The only way that I think you have to keep this team intact is if they make the finals. But at this point, they're not beating Brooklyn or Milwaukee, in my opinion. Both of those teams are better than Philly. I know uh, Brooklyn has their injuries. Milwaukee's actually healthy. But with that, I, I'm I'm going to take the Sixers in Game 7. I think... Joel Embiid, if he has a big game, I think that could be a wrap. And he just needs help from one or two other guys. He got help from Seth Curry and Tobias Harris this game. And Maxi. There's three guys. If you just get help from two of them, I think they win this. And I don't know. Trey Young is going to need some more help. It's just hard for me to kind of analyze the series because this has been the series I've watched the least. I haven't watched too much of Atlanta. But I think that's probably all I have for that Atlanta series. I'm definitely going to try to watch Game 7. But with that being said, Clippers-Suns in the Western Conference Finals. We got Brooklyn-Milwaukee tonight. We got Atlanta and Philly tomorrow. I believe those are the games. Yes, Bucks play tonight at 8.30. Lastly, I'll go over that. Who am I going to pick for this game? I'm taking Brooklyn still. That was my championship pick. I'm sticking with them. I stuck with Utah. It didn't work out. I am sticking with the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant is going to show up and show out. He's going to drop at least 35 tonight. And I think and I think I said this yesterday but Joe about Joe Harris being the X factor. I think he drops 18. I think he hits five threes. And for Milwaukee I said uh, this kind of going off of what I said yesterday, but Chris Middleton, he's gonna have to have a big game. If Middleton plays well, Milwaukee will win. If Middleton is inefficient and doesn't have a great game, Milwaukee will lose. He is the ultimate X factor for this game seven. But we got two great game sevens on the way: Western and Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals, playoffs. I mean, I I know they're we are like halfway through, but how much more crazy can it get? 
The games recently have just been off the charts, entertaining back and forth. And again, Terrence Mann, 39 points. I mean, talk about taking your opportunities when you got a star like Kawhi go out. And I'm, and I am happy for the Clippers. I, I, I'm happy that they are able to make their first Western Conference Finals. But that's about it. That's all I have for you guys. This will be my last episode for a bit until I find some time at camp. Thank you so much for listening to 125 Unfiltered, and I'll speak to you next time.